Hello and welcome to the Human and Machine podcast. My name is Yaku. I'm here with my co-host Lenny. Um, it's another week, another episode. Uh, it's probably the favorite time for me of the week where we get to, to speak to some incredible people in the industrial and manufacturing world in South Africa. Um, it's, it's a privilege to have to some really good, honest conversations about where the industry is, the technology that we've been seeing, um, and just plainly how, how some of the, the, the role players and some of the operational folks and strategic and, and uh, just generally the doers in the industry, where they are right now in this moment in time, given where we are with, with, with COVID and lockdown. So this week, um, last week, let's maybe Lenny, let's start with last week. Just a fascinating chat with Alti. Yeah? yeah, so I think we, we kind of wrapped up our three-part series around IoT. Uh, we had Altmar from Hive IoT on the on the on the line or on the call. Um, and we had a very good discussion about devices, the actual manufacturing of these IoT devices and, and how we see it and how they tackle it from their end and how they actually take that to market to become a complete IoT solution at the end of the day. So it was a great insight from Altmar on the challenges in that space. And pretty much with the three episodes that we had back to back, we, we first obviously spoke with Arlen, the, the co-inventor of MQTT. If you haven't listened to that episode, really, really good context in terms of the birth or the, the genesis of MQTT, which was in the early 80s. We spoke with Louis van Beek, the, the managing executive for IoT at Business Connection about some of the drivers behind these these kind of projects and then with Alti very much on the device level and layer and some of the very practical considerations there around scaling especially exactly. um, and also about their, their product their solution safe trace um, definitely in this part of the well, in the situation that we're in now with the, with the pandemic uh, really nice innovation coming out of you know as we said absolutely. many numerous times <clears throat> in the podcast series out of display comes opportunity yeah. Uh, so that's a great initiative that they took to innovation of the safe trace solution. Nice little bit of South African digital engineering done there. So yes. that was good. Right. So this week we onto something a little bit different. I don't think we're going to escape IoT somehow. We uh, not that we're trying to escape IoT, but it seems like whatever if a topic we we try to to cover for the week, IoT is involved there somehow, which is a good thing. Yes, definitely. Um, we're taking it a little bit back, probably, I don't know, back to basics, if we can call it. Um, we, we're talking to, to Kajiso uh, from Kellogg's. Um, um, Kajiso, just to explain to our listeners, in South Africa, we've got 11 official languages. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to try and pronounce your surname, or Yaku's going to try and pronounce your surname, and, and maybe you can just help us there, but it's Kajiso Kumalo, if I bit my... My click, click correctly. I don't, uh, I don't think you can separate the click from the uh, no, definitely not. Kajiso um, no. is no. the um, electrical instrumentation and electrical business partner at Kellogg's Southern Africa um, at the Springs Manufacturing Park. Kajiso, thank you so much for joining us. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's it's Kahiso Ngumalo. Ngumalo. There we go. See, I, I didn't even attempt that, Lenny, because I knew I would butcher it completely. But, but it's okay. Like, I've been called everything from primary to my university time. Yeah. <laughs> One professor of mine said, um, um, used to call me Kahiso NX Yumalo. I love that. Yeah, we'll call you just NX. We'll, we'll call you, I, I like that. I like NX, it's all good. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kakiso, thank you very much for joining us. I, I, I know it's a Friday afternoon. We, we were recording a little bit late this week. Thanks for joining us on the Friday afternoon again. It's great chatting with you. And uh, 
Yeah, like Lenny said, it's it's a it's a topic that dare we call it an old topic because it's it's is very very relevant in terms of of its yeah. importance mm-hmm. and just the innovation that's happening. But it has mm-hmm. taken a um, in certain certain forums and certain areas of of our industry, it's it's uh, taken a little bit of a backseat, and then all of a sudden, with the advent of again networks and devices, um, mm-hmm. it's very very hot topic again. And uh, yes. Manufacturing technology has has led to to a lot of uh, it, it has we've seen it optimized production and reduced labor costs, and a lot of these technology advances are most prevalent in in, in things like condition based monitoring, uh, whether it's proactive or predictive maintenance. So the whole the whole space of maintenance is a is a fascinating topic and probably a very very exciting place to be at the moment. Um, I'm very keen to understand how your journey started. Um, in this world, um, I, I sometimes it looks to me or the observation is that, you know, anybody in, in that sort of critical task of maintaining assets and looking after the, the, these, these very expensive um, pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. and just generally maintenance, have to do everything for anybody at any time of the day or night. That's usually the, <clears throat> the sort of image that I have when I think of somebody that has the primary role of maintenance on the site. How did you, how did you get into this? Um, like I said, my name is Kafiso. Um, yeah, I'm at Colex at the moment, but yeah, before I was at, I was at, uh, Highfeld and, and ArcelorMittal, all, all in maintenance. So I guess, I guess, um, I'm all about, I enjoy, I enjoy problem solving. Um, yeah. And just, and just, um, making sure that, um, things run well, you know, that's, that's me. Um, I don't think I do this just just as work. I do do it because I really, really, I'm into this. I really love it. So in maintenance is is, is part of what I do daily. Yeah. Fantastic. So you born and bred in maintenance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I was I was lucky from when I started my training at Heifel. I was in maintenance up to where I am now. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not born and fled like a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people try and escape their, their destinies, but that's that's fantastic. Yeah, but it's it's a very very uh, maintenance is quite a, a very stressful environment. Yeah, it, it's yeah it's very stressful. Yeah. So so he so attended. Uh, he was actually in our office uh, a little while ago, and just judging by the number of phone calls that he received and. Uh, it seemed like you were you were the most popular man not on site uh, the, the the day that you that you were in our office. <laughs> exactly, it's very stressful. As for when when the machine is down, you can imagine. So so you started at um, uh, Arsenal. Heifel yeah, I started at Heifel Steel. At Heifel Steel. And yes, then I moved to Metal Arsenal Metal. Okay. Then um um. I was in Highfield as a trainee um, between 2005 and 2010. Then I moved from there to Asolo Mittal between 2010 and, and 2013. Then from 2013, I've been here. In the food how, was in that, how was that transition from effectively the, the metals and, and steel industry into... Um, Food and beer. That's probably quite a quite a big transition. Yeah, quite a big jump, and it was very scary because um, in 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 Asalomital and and Highfall, because we're doing high value products, 
the pressure is there, but um, it's not as much because you're making your profit. It's, it's your, the product that you sell, a high value product. So in food and bear, in food and bear because of we, our products are, are low cost, and for us to make good money, we have to produce a lot. So the pressure is much higher. You get what I'm saying? Because the margins, for you the margins to make in the food and baby industry is not as high as I think some people might think it is. It is yes. actually a very low margin game. Um, and you're yes. right, you need to manufacture quite a lot of, of product to, to start getting, yes. to get that, that return on your investment. Yes, and, and when the machine stops, yeah, the pressure starts. So that's how that's how the game works. Machine stop, pressure starts. You want to get it that's going as quick as possible. Absolutely. I, th I think the, the word, the dreaded word that uh, you're probably too scared to say it is the person that's supposed to avoid that is downtime. It's the, it's the swear yeah. word. It's the, it's the machine that every, every manufacturing facility and every production facility, it's the one word that is an absolute uh, an avoidance. It's, it's something that just, you know, it wreaks havoc with the bottom line at the end of the day. So any form exactly. of and um end of the day that's where at the same time as in maintenance we have to juggle that you have to make product but at the same time you want to do maintenance you want to take down the machine to fix it but you need at the same time you have to make product yeah. the business business must continue it's you know they'll they'll tell you we're not we in engineering and they'll tell you this is not an engineering company it's Kellogg's food making company. You got what I'm saying? <laughs> they they kill in making food. Engineering is not their forte, but yeah, end of the day, you need the machines and the engineers to make the machines run. But yeah, you have to play with that juggle, juggling the two. Absolutely. And the and the relationships within your within your business, I'm, I'm I've always wondered what those relationships look like. The teams that you work with. Uh, so you you touched on something. Let's take it for example, scheduled scheduled maintenance. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, just the ability for you and the and the flexibility for you to schedule that and arrange it and and make sure the teams are aligned for that scheduled downtime. What does that sort of process look like behind the scenes? The people that are involved. It's something that obviously has to be planned very carefully, ideally, as opposed to reacting to it. Uh, in scheduled maintenance. What does it look like practically on the ground to get that kind of thing? Um, it, it's you need you need the team to function as a system for us to to be able to do that because it's not only you have to work with the planning department, we have to work with production side um, and us at the same time. You know, so it, it's 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 a juggling type of a thing. And I think the main important thing is it's, it's us being flexible as for the maintenance team, because depending on also if we're reaching our targets or not reaching our target, we, may, we might plan something and last minute they say we're not getting the line because of market changes or something happened or, you know, they got a big order. It does happen. So main thing is, is we must just keep at it. Um, noted down we didn't get to do it or you there's a lot of type of also um um things that they try and teach us like pit stop um, maintenance whereby sometimes if we have a gap for any other stuff maybe the supplier didn't supply material on time we have to be that flexible to say okay this is a chance to get at it 
So not all the time it, it works as planned, but um, what, what we're learning lately is try and be as more flexible as possible and agile, you know, um, you know um, learn to be nimble in a way that um, we, we work with what's, what's there at the moment. But we, obviously, you do plan, but yeah, it does happen that sometimes what, what, what we're experiencing more and more is that fact that doing those pit stop maintenance and every time when there's a gap or because of any other issues that's happening, you know. All right, so that's quite a, quite a new concept. I've, I haven't heard about the pit stop maintenance. I was, I was about to ask, yeah. So it's quite interesting because it's a, it's a concept that we, that we use in, in kind of the engineering field is to become a more ad, agile kind of developing kind of road. So it's quite interesting that that agile approach is also leaking down into kind of the maintenance space where, you know, not, not necessarily that you can, can use your scheduled time, but if there's an opportunity to take it, you, you take mm -hmm. it and you run with it, as you said. Um, yeah, it, it happens. It happens also. Remember now, we 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 in the load shedding and all of that. So sometimes you have a supplier who's been load shedded. Your supplier is supposed to bring something. He'll be behind schedule. So we have to just do a pit stop also because you can't run without some of the the raw materials or depending what is the supply. So you never know. You know, it's 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 South Africa. My friend always say it, it's um, he says what uh, it's a SA things, <laughs> SIT. <laughs> South Africa. SIT. <laughs> SA things. things, SIT. I like that. Um, yeah. So so on that on that point, so did you can you can you actually relate that this new way of agile doing kind of these pit stop maintenance has actually benefited? I know take uh, and and giving the guys more production time. Um, do, do you see that it actually makes a difference in, in, in the actual then overall uptime of the line or from the, or the manufacturing facility? You see, ma maintenance, it, it's funny because it's, you know, um, it, maintenance, it, 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 it's sometimes people find it difficult to, because you've prevented something in the future that people, and as for when you have like, um, People who don't believe in it, they believe in the process. They'll just think like uh, it was just luck. But obviously, if you've seen the process, it's something that you must just believe in the process and see it happening, because it becomes it's, it's not just it's not just um, um, a concept. Then you when you start seeing it, it becomes you know like the way we do things. Um, it does benefit. It does benefit, and. Um, if you're in a plant that's been running fine, you'll think like it's, it's not it. But if you've been in a plant where it was chaotic and you start, when you start seeing, when you're doing these things, um, um, uh, um, you know, uh, religiously, um, you'll start seeing the difference, you know? Um, it, it's the same as if you're not planning, if you're not servicing your car, your, your car will, you will decide when it's going on service. <coughs> if you don't plan it, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it, it does, it does, it does help. It, the, the issue now sometimes become, becomes um, in having the right team in, in who, who think like that, because we must as a team think the same way so that when we agile, I mustn't be agile only as a manager, but also with my team, when I ask them, oh, we have a situation, can we do this? Sometimes it's four o'clock. Yeah. You know, you have to be, flexible to say, okay, can I stay for 
another four hours that I didn't plan to. That's where sometimes it becomes a bit tricky. As for, I'm talking in, in particularly with the, with the pit, pit stop, like maintenance and all of that. Mm. Mm. Because it's very opportunistic, obviously. Yes. 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 It's, yeah, some people will call it opportunistic maintenance. Yeah. But so, that's part of it. Besides, um, this is an extra one besides what we do normally, the predictive and the preventative. So you mentioned it's like your car. I, I had a friend at university who said, if you hear a funny noise in your car, you just drive faster until the noise goes away. <laughs> I, would, I like that. I would imagine it's very, very different with a, with a very expensive piece of uh, equipment. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Rafiso, you, you mentioned uh, quite a, uh, you know, something that's true to South Africa, and that's obviously when, when there's a potentially a, a load shedding, you, you can then, and obviously if your supplier can't supply, then very quickly you can, you can potentially do these kind of pit stop maintenance um, tasks. Mm -hmm. Another kind of thing that we that we're sitting in is obviously is lockdown, right? So we're currently within the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, yes. surely, okay, you guys, it's a little bit different because you're a, you're a, you're an essential service, so you need to supply yes, yes, yes. Um, food for, for people, so it's not like your plant actually went down, and then you could have, we never went down, down. Yeah. we never went down, so to do quite extensive maintenance, um, just based on the current lockdown pandemic, how did that influence you guys doing maintenance? Um, um, how do you get spares? How do you get people on site? How do you, I mean, just the, the regulations on testing and getting a guy on site, I mean, how did that influence this whole maintenance kind of cycle? Um, I think the biggest thing what happened was when, when the lockdown, before just the lockdown, when people were going frenzy, um, panic buying, um, that's when we actually, normally our company will keep like eight weeks, 10 weeks stock at, at the warehouse. Mm -hmm. Like our stock hold went down to like 0.5 of a week. It was the first time I've been here where we like, they're saying everything was bought out. Like we're like at 0.5. So you can imagine the pressure from top, you know, because we don't have stock and the orders were just becoming big because everybody's paying buying, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it just put pressure on all of us um, uh, in terms of, of, of the whole thing, in terms of maintenance itself. How do you do maintenance? Because now you need more uptime than ever, you know. So it, 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 I think this um, lockdown, it, it, it was a situation where as a manager, you were tested. As a as a as an employee, you are tested. And as a manager, you are tested to move quickly and think of innovative ways and new ways. What can you do? Because nobody planned for this. So yeah. maintenance wise, I think we even not. I think what we did is we went less on maintenance. Unfortunately, that's yeah. that was the call. I mean, that's the call they made. That we can't stop. We have to make sure that we, we build up stock and we, I think it was a booming for us in terms because if you've sold all this, everything at your price, because it just happened just before everybody, there was a price hike normally in April. That's when normally all the food and beverage guys put price hikes. So it, it, it was just, it, everybody, we didn't wait for it. We didn't expect this. Yeah, definitely. So, it, 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 
for our side, we were more busy than ever. I've never been so busy in my life. <laughs> Being busy is one, but um, at the same time with the team, we were unsure. We were worried about safety. There was anxiety, you know, in the team. And, and you know, for the first month or so, you, you, you felt unreal just driving on the road and you're the only person. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know if you've, you know I'm Legend. There's this other movie called I'm Legend. Oh yes, that very well. One of the few times I've drive the N12 from Kempton Park to Springs, and I was the only person on the highway. You. <laughs> so it looks, it looks, <coughs> it gave you this other eerie feeling, like you know. So that's beside the maintenance stuff, and, and like I feel like mom. During this time, we were at work, but yes. half of our minds also are not at work. Absolutely. So it was, it was a very difficult time. But maintenance, we did less of it. Less, we just did the essentials because also the directors were very scared because of we don't know who are you bringing on, 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 on site. Because at that time, I think most of we didn't know much about the, the virus. Yes. And... and you're scared that you don't want to bring somebody unnecessary yep. who will infect and cause you to close down. I mean, yeah, because if you close down, I mean, that's, that's, that's worse the than worst. maintenance. Absolutely. That's the worst. You, you yeah. get what I'm saying? Because you're sitting with the situation, you don't have stock, you need more stock. Yeah. Now, you just do what... It was so bad, like, like I said, it was so bad that they had to evaluate who's coming. Is it essential? Is it, is it going to stop machine? Can we run without it? Can... You know, it was the first time we're doing all the wrong things that we know <laughs> um, in maintenance. It's, it's wrong, you know, like, can, can I just make a plan for it to run until, yeah. you know, things get better? Because at first we, we, we had a feeling that it's going to end. Yeah. Well, that's understandable, and, I think. And especially during a time when, where it was, it's quite easy for most people to very easily, uh, for most people to very easily... Um, uh, work from home, where the majority, in fact, of people could easily work from home, you know, bar maybe putting a few things in place, such as around connectivity and security. Most people could work from home. For you guys, that definitely wasn't the case. That, that wasn't, the it wasn't the case. Option. Yeah. It's not even an option. You had to be here to make sure the machines are running. Yeah. You need an operator to come and operate the machines. So yeah. it was quite different for us um, as for the, the, on the manufacturing side, the, the supply chain side. Yeah. Um, the, the factory side. So we, we had to be here. And it, it like I say, it, it was a time of the unknown. And at first, like I said, we had the feeling that it's going to be 14 days, then everything will be gone. Then we had, oh, it's going to be 21 days, then it will be gone. But it kept on continuing. We, we were like on four months now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I think. So, it- yeah. So that's why it was so easy for the managers to be like, or the directors to be like, stop maintenance, just do what's essential yeah. to keep the machines going. I wanted to, um, I, I really liked, um, it took me a few minutes to, to catch on to it, but I, <laughs> I, I really liked the, the similarity or at least the analogy between uh, a Formula One sort of or a, or a racing environment and a pit stop versus the pit stop. Um, on, on a plant for plant environment. So obviously, as opposed to having shut down maintenance or downtime, 
um, mm -hmm. you have what, what you refer to as pit stop maintenance. I really like that analogy between you know, those very basic things that you do during a pit stop, and I would imagine it's very similar. Um, yes, yes, yes. want to go in and out. Exactly. So we spoke in a little out. bit about teamwork. Um, you obviously have a very specific defined task and task list that, that has to be done according, again, I would imagine, to a very specific standard. Um, communication is obviously very, very yeah. critical uh, between, yeah. between the guys. Um, what is, uh, in, in Formula One, you can do training and practice for a pit stop. How do you yeah. do that in a live manufacturing environment? How do you do training and practice for a pit can stop? It's not easy. It's not easy. I saw ever since I've been here at Kellogg's um, because um, I don't know if where I was, like, I don't know if you know Highfelt and, and Mittal, those are big organizations. So they had a training center which had staff which is dedicated for that. Over here, it's a bit uh, tricky because um, um, there isn't a dedicated training center. Um, okay. So it's it, 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 it's very it's very very tricky <laughs> you have to motivate yourself to go out and and and, and train yourself and uh, as 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 much as you are a manager doing what your your management stuff that's something that's another role that you're doing which is not really on your defined on your contract or anywhere that you train your guys and make sure because the more you train them yourself or organize training for for them, the more it becomes easy for me, you know. So of you're course. doing it on that terms. So it's it's there's no I can't really say there is a a a, a, a dedicated person doing that. We we just doing it here informally, unfortunately, you know. Okay, and that's obviously quite important. I mean, as a I would imagine as a team, the 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 experience. Uh, mm. part of it or, or the practical experience part of it is quite important when you when you have to when you have a very limited time window to actually work on something and get it going and if you especially if you have a young inexperienced team uh, yes. stand the risk of perhaps not even completing it in that in that sort of window that you have but I think yeah. that's, that's another point where where these pit stops in Formula 1 has a very very good concept and that's obviously it's the one thing that everybody looks at, right? And that's the, the time. How yeah. fast can they do it? And I think probably a very, very good metric, Kahiso, to measure is to say, you know what? Last time we did this pit stop task, mm -hmm. the benchmark was set at X time. Can we yes. can we get to it? Can we maybe do it quicker? Can we get yeah. it done faster? And obviously with that kind of motivation and always chasing that benchmark or that pit stop time, if I can call it that, and everybody in the team gets motivated and, it's a, and it just helps with that boosting that morale from that perspective. Is that something that you guys do? Do you guys keep track of, of these pit stops, how long it took to do a certain task and then Normally, you the trace across? That, that's, where, that's where our maintenance uh, planner comes in because um, normally we're using SEP system. So on your SEP, that's one of the first thing you put in when you put in your job card, how long did it take then? <laughs> From there, that's where we can just try and evaluate if how can we do it better and better. Cool. So yeah, it's very similar so, concept. Just yes. checking your benchmark. So that's where the maintenance planner he he plays a big role in that um, in anything that we do basically, any task that the time that the duration you put in that's what we're trying to beat every time. But he's one thing though that's very important with this kind of concept is 
you don't really know what type of maintenance you're going to do, right? You're going to get a gap. You're going to get a, a window of opportunity. Um, yeah. But you need to have the resources. Mm. Um, yeah. So is that something that you find during, especially now with the pandemic, that it's something that is less abundant? Is resources to perform the maintenance? Or do you, do you guys feel that or experience that you can still get enough stock from suppliers to actually you know, have enough resources in the kitty to actually perform this maintenance task? Um, it will depend also. Like um, normally when you do that pit stop, we'll have normally, normally we plan weekly, our weekly um, shot, um, line shot. Um, so now on those line shot, we'll prepare a week before normally. Mm -hmm. in-house i'm talking about if we're doing in-house i'm normally we'll plan a week before so if it happens that we have that pit stop before the day um we were planned to to go down that's our chance you know to to go in and do that so internally yes that's how we do it but when it comes to the external guys that's where it becomes a bit tricky you can take a chance and call whoever and say this is this opportunity can i get you out most of the time it becomes a bit pricey when probably it's out of like waking hours or it's, mm. you know, cause he's going to come out as a breakdown, yeah. but it was something that they planned. So that's where it's like, it's an opportunity. It's opportunistic also. If it works, if it works, yes. But if it doesn't, as for with the external guys, but with the COVID thing, it becomes more extra. That's another um, um, hurdle itself because um, to even get somebody on site, that's where there's a, a COVID um, protocol that the company following, yes. where they must go through all the other guys, the EHS guys, health and safety guys, and yeah. that yeah, that's make it makes it extra. So if you can pass all of those within that open window, yay! If not, we'll just do what we can internally. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's a massive consideration is that, that uh, you can imagine if it's you, you visit your local shopping store to, to pop in to buy just some groceries, the process that you go through for that, imagine in a plant environment the, where the screening is equally as important. Uh, there has to be uh, responsible observation of, of rules in terms of social distancing. Um, yeah, it, it's, it does have a massive impact on your, your planning and operations. But it also brings a very, a very good opportunity for your for your internal team to learn things that you normally would have just got an external contractor to do. Yeah, but it's yeah. quite a quite a good team or good time as well to to skill internal people up on tasks that now becomes either too costly, or just it's going to just take too long for the guy to actually get there and do, do the task themselves. Yeah. Just yes, not yes, going to yes. fit the window. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, this this. COVID has um, made us uh, more agile, you know, because it's, it's, it has woken up a lot of people um, in terms of skills and all of that. Um, mm. Very important. Like I was, my, my latest hashtag is, I was telling my manager, my latest hashtag is capability building. So hashtag capability building on everything. I'm trying to build capability from my guys to love that. Love that. You know, just becoming more resourceful, more, yeah. more, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we're a very resilient bunch, South Africans. I think generally we're quite, you know, we're resourceful and resilient and we, we make a plan. And I, I like that hashtag. Um, <laughs> lovely philosophy. 
Yeah, so yeah, um, I'm all, I like training. So I, I really enjoy seeing guys who came under me and seeing them going and blossoming to something else. That's, that really, I, I really enjoy that. It, it really warms my heart to see somebody who probably was once my apprentice and I see him as a manager somewhere, I like it. So yeah, it's all about capability building. And I think this also um, it pushed that beside the digitalization, moving the digital activism very quick, it yeah. also pushed people to, to empower themselves more. You know? Jose, um, talking about that, the digitalization thing, is there anything that you guys at Kettles embarked on during COVID to help drive with that, to potentially get more maintenance-related data into the hands of your maintenance team? Um, it, I think we, we started the concept of digital. It, it started last year when, when actually they started um, this digitalization, globalization thing because we fall under the, the, um, the Asia PEC um, division. So the idea is they want to sit at Singapore and start seeing everybody get all the info to, from that. So mm-hmm. it, the concept had already started, but I think with this COVID, it just, we just had to put fuel on it. It just put fuel and it just reassured and made sure like the, the managers are more determined that they must make this happen. Um, so yeah, now we're at the phase of fighting of uh, fighting on what are we using? Because everybody had started the journey, but now we want to put one, the guys in Singapore want to look at one, one thing. And um, at the same time, I don't think everybody understand the concept very well of, of digitalization because uh, some managers, they think it's something we go and buy. <laughs> is, is there a box that you buy? <laughs> you go buy for IR, where, where can we buy it? And it's sorted. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's we got mixed feelings and, you know, uh, um, yeah. but those who really understand it, they, they really want to make, see it happen. Buy a box of four IR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah buy a box of four IR. Really. That, yeah, that's we, what people are thinking, really. Just go around and just speak, speak to other directors and just try and find out what, what do they understand by this. They'll, that's where like, I, I got it. Like Some of them, they think it's something you go buy. You know, yeah. Just buy yeah. and install for IR, then we sort it. So they don't get very, the concept of it's probably very bespoke and very personal according to your needs and your plant and your environment and, and more exactly. exactly and and people I, I was laughing the other day they'll they'll ask you about now AI thing there's a new word the AI you know artificial intelligence and all of that yes and uh, um, a manager would ask you that he wants to start doing the AI for our plant but we don't even have any historian let's say for example and you Ask yourself how how do you build an AI without even history? You don't even have a PLC in the first place. <laughs> yes, you That's get what I'm saying. Point. You, you'll probably see that a lot of the, um, uh, or you would probably know that perhaps some of the assets, some of the equipment that you work with, are, are they were never designed to be connected. Yeah, legacy, legacy. Never, never designed to be online. Never designed to speak <laughs> to other machines. Um, uh, you know, so that that's obviously a massive consideration. So when people talk about uh, prescriptive maintenance, as an example, um, and that's obviously leveraging machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence, and again, the Internet of Things, 
um, when people do talk about those concepts, they, they, that's one massive consideration. It's just in terms of the, the assets and the existing investments that you already have, whether those yes. are even capable of, of being connected, number one, and if not, being able to be retrofitted with something that makes them capable to deliver CBM or whatever the three-letter acronym is. That's, that's a massive consideration. Exactly. And that's where I feel like also that's where it's missing the, the big guys or the big top guys who are there, who, who are able to sign the checks. They, they need to understand that first before they even start thinking about it or even talking about us moving to that direction. Because um, if, if you don't even have a PLC in your plan, you, you're not even on the second revolution. I mean, <laughs> yeah. See, so at least if you somewhere where you started implementing a SCADA in the plan, that's where you, you're heading the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's the reality of it. And it's, it's, uh, uh, it's nice hearing it from you because, you know, we, we, we do hear that in conversation with other people as well, that massive opportunity, but the considerations and the journey to get us there is a little bit more complex than, than what people imagine. Exactly. I like, I like the fact you're saying it's a journey. It's not a project, it's a journey. Yeah. So some guys feel like we're going to do this project and voila, yeah. everything is sorted. It's, 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 sort certainly, of like, not, it's certainly not a project and, and just and neither is it, is it just a box. <laughs> and, and what I've realized also is um, not only that, also taking the people, the company culture, moving it away from how things are to the new ways of, of how, like the way they want us to do this, whereby they can sit in, in Singapore and see what's happening here. Um, yeah. people feel, some people feel like they are now, that changes, they, they now, I'm, I'm like big brother, you know, watching me. They're not comfortable with the idea. So you'll find people now resenting all of this whole thing and making it fail. You can have a situation where you can put the best plant with the best equipment and the best everything that has ready for four IR, but people won't use it because of you know they need also to be taken through the journey. There's that you people mean, aspect, the, the that human people change management aspect of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You put it actually in in, in, the, in the way that because um, I've been I've been in projects because sometimes they I'll do ad hoc projects where. I joined the project team where we implement something, but because we didn't take the people in the journey with us, it fails. Yeah. It fails. And, and that's where I feel like we don't touch much on it. Most of the time we just focusing on equipment and mm. the nice concept, but that concept still needs to be used by people. Mm. So it seems to me that you guys are though on the journey though to get your industrial internet of things up and running, get that data to Singapore and then have this um, kind of center of excellence that will guide you guys a little bit as well on, on certain some maintenance tasks on very special yes. equipment that you guys do have in, in yeah. your facility. Um, have, you, have you come across the need for, I mean, there's another buzzword obviously that maybe this one is a little bit more personal than Big Brother watching you. And that is actually watching the device through a pair of goggles. Uh, you know, the whole concept of augmented reality where it shows you how to take the machine apart, 
which screw to unscrew next and then the next one to kind of digitize that kind of work instruction. Is that something that you guys are also looking at or is that something maybe a little bit too in the futuristic for? for Certainly, there have been, I've seen some presentations of some other lines that they, they, they might build. So um, I'm not quite sure of if that passed, but I've seen on some of, I know next year some, there's some lines that we'll be putting up. So we'll see. That was one of the guys who came and pitched something like that. So I'd like to see it. It excites me. Stuff like that um, really gets my blood going. And, and that's obviously um, a kind of technology that can be deployed to negate some of that required knowledge Skill. skills that skills gap, yeah. that you would, skills gap that you would have. That would definitely yeah. el eliminate the need for some of that. Um, but yes. at the same time, what we often hear as well is that there is a certain amount of tacit knowledge or call it tribal knowledge that exists within teams. And I would imagine, especially within maintenance teams where, um, you know, the knowledge is very local or specific to a, to a machine at a specific plant or a line at a specific um, facility um, or, or just some historical reference that makes it quite difficult to, you know, for any, any amount of AI and AR to be aware of that history and that, uh, that specific circumstance around that machine or that line. So, but sexy technology, to your point, um, I, I, I think everybody, you know, we do enjoy it and we, it's in our homes or for, for many of us, it's in our, in our homes. Mm -hmm. and we Already, yeah. To, um, but does not seem very much like a, like a reality yet in most of the manufacturing world in, in South Africa, at least not. Yeah, I mean, also, there's, there's, like I say, in most cases, I feel like there are some people even in the maintenance department who feel like they have this position because of the knowledge they have. And yes. Some people won't like sharing the knowledge and this like it just breaks away and it opens up. Um, it makes things easy for everyone. So they'll feel like uh, some guys, um, they're not really engineers if, if using that. But look, with everything, people, any change, people will, change is uncomfortable. Mm. Anything that's disruptive, it's, it's uncomfortable because some people feel like it's going to take them out of business. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And if you look at the tech, I mean, we, we often talk about it and we've heard it from some of the, some of the other people that we spoke about on the, on the podcast. The, the tech is just the enabler. It's the enabler to empower people to improve processes. Um, and, and very much of what you're saying does ring very true with, with what we've been hearing is that very often the tech alone is seen as the, as the big, as, as the magic source or the silver bullet that is going to fix and improve everything where, where it's just an enabler. And, and I don't want to say nothing more because that, that's a crucial part of the three pillars, but, but that is what it is. It's just the enabler. Yes, yes. And people, you still need people. People are very the heart of, of everything. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. Um, where are we on time? Are we, oh, she's right. Minutes already yeah. on. <laughs> right, right on time, actually. So it's been uh, amazing chatting to you and, and just getting some fascinating real time, uh, real time. That's the <laughs> word to use. Um, I'm sure your phone would have been is on silent, but it would, it would have been ringing a number of times already. I've been checking it every time. <laughs> <laughs> what has been, been like? And it's, it's been good. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I really enjoyed the talk. 
I hope it will serve as um, uh, a guideline and help some people. Um, just, just one thing I wanted just to say is, is um, I think, I think with this COVID and, and everything, um, I've seen people asking when will it end, but I, I feel yes. like the, the right question is, um, would be that they should be asking would be how can we continue, you know, than, than when will it end? Because I don't think it's something that's going to end now, tomorrow or next month. Yeah. That, that's my two cents worth. Yeah, definitely. This definitely feels like it, the tale of this pandemic and the effects that it, it, incredible, incredibly destructive effect that it's had already. It does seem like the tale is, of it is going to be a little bit longer than what we anticipated. Um, but yeah, thanks again for your, for your time and uh, for your insights. Very valuable to me, at least. It's, I, I love the analogy between um, racing industry and pit stop. Uh, maintenance versus pit stop maintenance on a plant. I love that analogy. Thank you for that. Um, I'll never look at it the same way again. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I, I also like the digital transformation not being a project or a box that is delivered, uh, but it is absolutely a journey. Um, and I, I'm in love with the hashtag capability building, um, <laughs> especially, especially around the team and the skills and the ability and well done on that. Uh, great. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad I've, I've, I've dropped something for, for the viewers or the listeners. Um, uh, hopefully viewers soon. We don't know. I don't know if anybody wants to see Lenny and I, but we... On the listening side, we're doing okay. I think we've got a few hundred listens uh, now, so that's, that's fantastic. But uh, we, we're getting some good suggestions and good feedback. So... We, we don't want to destroy any of that with the risk of, of, of uh, putting up a camera, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. But thanks again for your time. And, thanks. Uh, thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, Bechiso. And on that note, if you guys have any comments or any new topics that you would like us to discuss on the Human Machine Podcast, please make sure to email us at podcast at element8.co.za. Absolutely. Thank you, Lenny. And next week, we're chatting on the topic of digital transformation. We, we're chatting with Valhalla Swat next week. So Valhalla heads up uh, Blue SP, um, and we're going to talk all things. It's, I mean, it's an incredibly broad topic, um, those two words, digital transformation. And we, we're going to spend a little bit of time with Valhalla next week and just talk about not only what it actually means in terms of reality, and some very practical ways of, of, of embarking on that journey, as Gachisi pointed out. Uh, but how do we take that box um, and turn that box into a, in, into a solution that adds value and empowers people and improves processes? So that is Valhalla next week. So we're looking forward to that one. Otherwise, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And thank you again to Gachisi uh, for his time. Gachisi uh, is obviously with the good folks at, uh, at Kellogg's, the unsung heroes of, of, of keeping us well-fed and keeping us um, uh, food on our tables during this time. So, so thank you very much again for Kahiso's time. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and look after each other. Bye-bye.